Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Father, you said, seek and we shall find. The folks here are seeking, and I know that they're going to find things here from you and from your hand that they would not experience lest they made this decision to be here tonight. And I thank you for all you accomplished. In Jesus' name, we all say, Acts 1 and verse 13. And when they, speaking of the disciples, had entered, they went unto or up into the upper room where they were staying. Then he lists the name of the disciples, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, not Iscariot. I want you to watch what the disciples were doing. Remember, Jesus said that his house shall be called the house of prayer. Remember what I've been saying. Actually, I say it over and over again that we have often made church a house of preaching, but that was not God's design. God's house is first to be a house of what? Prayer. So we are doing the right thing tonight. Verse 14. He said, these all, meaning all of these guys together, continued, not just, you know, one day and that was enough, but this was an ongoing thing. With one accord, what? In prayer. What I've discovered is that you really don't know a person until, at least spiritually, until you pray with the person. And prayer at this juncture was the thread that kept all the disciples together. Remember, Jesus had died and was crucified. And the only thing that these folks came together to do was pray. So the early church was actually uh, birthed out of a prayer movement, if you will. He said these all as a group... And this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to pray as a group. These all continue with one another in what? Prayer. How many of you were with us yesterday? Okay, the the majority. Well, guess what word is used here for pray? Pros yokei. Pros yokei. Meaning a face-to-face and fully surrendered conversation with God. So all of them together had face-to-face I mean, they were willing to give God whatever they wanted. It was, it was totally surrendered. And, and all of them together had this type of prayer. Now, we need to be able to do it alone. But here, they did it what, all together. And then it used this second word we studied yesterday. They were in one accord in what prayer and, and what conjunction, two things together, what supplication. Guess what this word is. It's the same word as yesterday, dead asis. And this is a, a heartfelt Request emphasizing the need for mercy and grace from God. And uh, what, what I, wanna, I want you to see tonight is that these folks prayed as a group. And if we're going to really be a church that models itself after Scripture, we must also learn to pray as a what group? Before there was any preaching in the church, there was praying as a church. And in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came upon them, it came after days of prayer. And then Peter rose up and began to preach. People think that ministry comes out of eloquence or perhaps a brilliant mind that studies, but real ministry comes out of prayer. And, and, and prayer as a congregation, as a people, and as individuals. 
It is essential that we get back to this thing called prayer. And it said these men prayed with the women. And there were some notable ladies there, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then it also says with his brothers. So men and women here prayed in a united group. And they prayed or participated in what we would call corporate prayer. Corporal uh, is the Greek for body. Corp, corp, you know, corporate is really means a body. So corpus, uh, a body, uh, a corpse, uh, that's body. That, that's a body. So uh, when you say corporate prayer, you're saying the body praying, the body getting together. So when we pray corporately, it's the body what? Praying. And the point I'm making here is that in the early church, the entire body prayed. It wasn't just the pastor. It wasn't just the elders. It wasn't just a little team over there, a little team. The whole body prayed, and they prayed together. By the way, they not only did it for a season here, this was actually their modus operandi. This is how the church functioned in these early days. It was very common for the church to pray together. Acts 2 and 42, let's take a look at another example. It says, and they, plural, meaning not one, not singular, Jesus often prayed by himself. Uh, at that time, there was no body of Christ. The disciples often only brought him down. So he'd have to go pray by himself. But now we are the body of Christ. And we could bear witness with one another as we pray. You hear what I'm saying? And they, plural meaning more than what one, continued, meaning they didn't just do it once. This was a continuous thing. They continued what steadfastly he's hyping up or piling up, if you will, uh, descriptives of how they prayed. They did it continuously and they didn't quit. They continued steadfastly in three things that are essential for church. Doctrine, and that's what we do on Sundays and that's what we do on Wednesdays, but also fellowship. That's why you got to be a part of something. You know, when we, we do have small groups. Small th groups are, are a great thing, but, but I've learned as a pastor that when you get involved in any ministry team, whether it's the, 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 the greeters, the ushers, the, the, the children's ministry, that's really how you get connected and, and involved. That's where you make friends and you really fellowship. So they had three things going for them, and any healthy church has these three things going for them. There's a church that, that they teach sound doctrine. They teach the truth of the Word of God. It's not just personality and hype. It's truth. There's also fellowship, meeting with each other after hours and people connecting, um, you know, before church, after church, during church, in the breaking of blood. But then it also says that they all met together in what? Prayers. They stayed together because they prayed together. So when trouble came two chapters later, because they had already spent so much time praying together, they knew exactly what to do. If ISIS invades the United States of America, if a dirty bomb goes off in Washington, D.C., would we know as a, as a would we know what to do? Or would our first prayer meeting be a little bit awkward? Would it be just a little bit strange? Or would we just continue with business as usual? The early church... When trouble came, everybody knew exactly what to do. And just like in the military, you take your gun apart, put it together. Take it apart, put it together. Take it apart, pull it together. So when you're, you could do it blindfolded with your eyes closed. Why? So when, when the enemy's there 
it's almost a subconscious thing. You know exactly what to do because you practice over and over and over. But if in the middle of the battle, that's when you're trying to learn how to clean your gun, take it apart, put it together. That's when you're probably going to get killed. So the time for us to learn to pray together is not when there's a dirty bomb in Washington. Not when planes run into buildings. Not when, you know, uh, there's a zillion different things that could happen. Not when the electrical grid is shut down and the computers all go to nil. That's not the time to learn how to pray with one another. The early church prayed together, and it was habitual. So by the time they get to Acts chapter 4, watch what happens. And being let go, the apostles had just been whipped. They had been beaten. What's amazing about them, though, is they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy for being beaten for the name of the Lord Jesus. And, you know, we could go in a season in this country, if we keep going this direction, that people can be imprisoned and and, and deal with hardship all because of the preaching of the gospel. He said, and being let go, this is important, they went to their own. When you have been beaten, when you have been hurt and, and, and harmed for the cause of Christ, you need people that, that you can call your own. People who are of your own company that, that, that you can go to for prayer and support. But here's something that's important. But if you don't pray with people to start with, don't be surprised you have people to turn to in times of prayer. Right now, does anyone feel an urgency about this subject of prayer? God is trying to say something to us. You know, a lot of people preach good. A lot of people have better memories than mine. They, they memorize scripture better than I. But I'll tell you, the real power at least in my life and I hope in your life, is when I'm down on my knees, face to face with the Father, pouring out my heart, describing my need. That's the real power of this church. It's the real, you talk about, you know what, how how did he raise those kids? And no, my kids aren't perfect. But you know how on my knees? I know you want five steps. But really, if I tell you the truth, kneel down and do it for a long time until you get up with answers. You get up with solutions, knowing something, not blaming, but, 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 but resolution and, and, and understanding purpose and knowing what to do. And being let go, the King James Version said they went to their own company. It's so important that we have our own company. People that pray like we do. People that understand God the way we do. People of kindred spirit. When the disciples were beaten and hurting, they went to a place where people of like mind, like spirit, and they poured their hearts out to God. And I want you to see in a few verses what happened. It said, and they went to their own companions. Media is good. And and we do great things on TV and radio, the internet to reach people, but it can never replace the church community. Never. And here's the thing. If you're willing to come out of the shadows and get involved in God's church, you always find companionship. And they connected with each other when they prayed for each other's husbands. When they prayed for each other's wives, when he prayed for the children, prayed uh, for what was happening on their jobs, and they prayed for what was going on in their bodies, there was a connection. And you cannot, you can't fake that type of connection. 
People that have prayed together and been together for a long time, you cannot fake that. You can't program that. You, 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 you can't create some type of natural strategy to make that happen apart. From heart to heart, prayer. Praying together is one of the most significant things you can do. And they reported all to this company that they had prayed with regularly, that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. That's important. They didn't go over and over again, look what they did to me, look what they did to me. They just reported what was said to them because what was said to them was going to impact the whole body. So the apostles came back to their prayer team and told them what happened. So if I get in trouble, if I get beaten, hurt, who in this house can I come back to? Who can I tell what they said to me? And you're not going to fall apart. Instead, you're going to lift up holy hands to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Who, who can you go back to? Who's in your company? Who can you pray with about the things you've just heard, the things that you're facing? Who has become part of your circle? It's important to learn from these saints. So when they heard that, the apostles told them what happened. They raised up their voice to God. Did you hear what happened? Everybody lifted up their voice and they did it together. Who can you go to that will lift up their voice with you? Not just point their finger at you. But it said they raised their voice, all of them. Do we know as a body how to raise our voice to God? This church knew how. And they did it without strife. And by the way, that's why strife comes. To get us away from each other, mad at one another, no longer praying for your brother. And they said together, I mean, one heartbeat, unanimous, everybody's flowing in the spirit and and in agreement. He said, Lord, you are God. Don't you need some people like that in your life? You come back beaten, hurting, bleeding. They look up, Lord, you are still God. You are still faithful. You're still the one I look to. This room looked up and said, Lord, they've been calling out the name for a long time. And they knew how to do it. You are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea. They began their prayer the way they always did, by magnifying God. Not the problem, not what was said and not what happened, but magnifying their God. And if we're going to pray, we got to remember first who we're praying to. The God of the ends of the earth. The earth is the Lord's. The fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. We are praying to a God that sits high and looks low. We are praying to a God that holds the earth in the palm of his hand. We are not praying to some human. We are not praying to some concept. We are praying to the maker of the ends of the earth. The one who calls the wind 
the one that told the water go that far but no further. The one who dug out the mountains in the hollow of his hand. Bible said he, he created the stars with his finger. Didn't even take a hand, just his finger. You were talking to God Almighty. And they knew who they were talking to. And you got to get around some people who know who their God is. They know who their God is. My God is great. My God is high. My God is wise. My God is strong. My God is mighty. My God is a present help in time of trouble. My God is near. My God loves me. My God is for me. My God is with me. My God is behind me. My God goes before me. This is the type of prayer group you want. They lifted their voice to God. Lord, you are God. You made everything that is and everything that will be. The earth and the sea and all that is in them. Then watch what they did in verse 25. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, did you hear this? They immediately went to quoting scripture. Did you hear what? They magnify the Lord, then they went to the Word. You need people in your life that will magnify God and go to the Word. Tell you what the Word say. I know what happened, but this is what the Word say. I know what they said, but this is what God said. And he went to the Psalms. He said, why did the nations rage? And I'm not... I'm not going to read the whole passage because I'm not here to preach tonight. Just, <laughs> you know, that started happening anyway. <laughs> Skip to 31. Because we, we're about to step into prayer. And when they had prayed, oh God. Oh. This is how you pray. And God was, was listening to the prayers. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. See, see what God was saying, you just said I was God of heaven and earth. So let me shake the earth to confirm and remind you were praying right. I am the God of heaven and earth. He shook the earth, said you got it right. Here's the deal. When you start magnifying the Lord, calling on that name, using that word, God will shake the very ground you stand on. God is looking for people that when they come home beaten, instead of getting mad, they're looking for people that look up to heaven. Say, God, you are good anyway. God, this is what your word says. God shook the earth with approval. And, and you know what? For God to shake the earth didn't even take his pinky to do it. It's not like the miracles of the first century got God exhausted, so he's like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. Whew, you know, 21st century, I don't know about y'all. You know, I got so tired. No. 
if he was shaking buildings then, he wants to shake buildings now. He's the same God. He shook the earth to confirm the prayer of this little group. God always confirms his word. You want more earth-shaking stuff in your life? (laughs) Magnify the Lord. Start telling your situation what the word says. And they were all, all of them, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled that room just like God fills this room. It's not a different Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. Then it says something happened, though. And they spoke the word with boldness. Boldness and confidence are the results of a genuine prayer life. See, see what happened was they prayed. Nobody preached. No preaching. And God touched every single one of them. They made God's house a house of prayer. And God was too big for the room they were in. So it couldn't help but rumble. But when he came in that room, he just, the room. He touched each and every one of them. And they left there different. There was a boldness and a confidence because of the encounter they had with the living God. There was fire shooting out of their eyes. Because they knew how to pray. And they spoke the word. We speak in lots of stuff. But they spoke the word. God wants to touch you so you can speak his word. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.